myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hello and welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. This week, my guest is my friend Amy Hernandez, better known as DJ Vira. You can hear her spinning on rocketradio.com. You can check that out at myrocketradio.com. You can also check them out on Facebook. They do have live feeds. In this episode, me and Amy, or Vira, talk about her love of DJing, having every job at a nightclub imaginable, working nights as a security guard as well, also having a day job at Home Depot and still finding time to get her degree. Then. We get into her fear of heights and how being a DJ sometimes puts her in some very precarious, high-up positions that make this fear oh so much worse. It's a great episode, so let's get into it with Amy Hernandez, otherwise known as DJ Vira. We're here with my friend Amy Hernandez, also known as DJ Vera. I think she just got done spinning a set on Menudo on 89.7, like KNON. Was that, is that who where that's at? Um, no, it's actually just an internet radio station. Oh. Just a lot of people from KNON have been a part of it so far. Yeah, I remember KNON. That was, I used to listen to rock music way back in the day on there, like at late at night. They always had mm -hmm. all kinds of different things. Like they had like party music, DJ. Oh, yeah. EDM. It was a whole rave at, could turn it on at midnight to mm -hmm. four in the morning. That's what that's your lifestyle now. You're the DJ. So I've always wanted to know because that's when I first met you, is that you were first you were gonna be a bartender. Like you've always kind of gravitated to do something in the nightlife. So you were first yeah. it was like you're a bartender and then you kind of you caught the DJ and bug. And to your mm -hmm. credit, you've developed yourself into, you know, somebody that does events and parties and you know, gets booked on venues like Six Flags. Yeah. So how did you get the DJ bug? Um, well, before I became a bartender, um, I just did a lot of research on like music. And once my cousin introduced me to like what DJs do, I said, oh, I want to be a part of that. So I have to find a way to get my foot in the door to where, you know, I can start learning and just observing, you know, everything around me. So I became a bartender because I also saw that's one thing that Lady Gaga did, who I'm a huge fan of. And she became a bartender. She also had about three jobs. So I, I didn't want to do all that. So I just took a bartending. And then thankfully, you know, I ran into the right people, really good people that took the time out to show me the ropes. So what's been the hardest part of DJing? Like, what do people not know? Because with the laptops and stuff, it seems so much more digitized. Because when I was growing up, it was literal turntables. Like, you had the Technics, like, oh, yeah. 45s, <laughs> and you had to spin, and there was scratching. Now, you've got, like, this virtual, I guess, scratch pad that you have to, you almost, like, swipe on, like, Tinder. Yeah. Everything's automatic now. Um, that's one thing I've run into, uh, you know, being new at this still. 
uh, people always say, I hear they're like, um, if you don't know vinyl, if you've never had Technics or you don't know what it's like to have to walk around with crates full of records and now you have everything electronic and it's all synced up. You could have 20, 30,000 songs just right here on your computer. Yeah, that that's really it makes it really convenient. But at the same time, I mean, that's how art goes. I mean, at one point, you know, at some point there's going to be an amp for guitars that's not going to be a suitcase style speaker. It's going to be something that's digital that you can plug into the house sound. Yeah, and even wireless, too. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Bluetooth speakers coming out. So, yeah, it's it completely has changed. So what is out of DJing? Because you've done your lady got you're having Lady Gaga jobs. You you've worked as yeah. a as security guard, which <laughs> who who looked at you and thought, you know, <laughs> she can you're what, five foot? Five two, yeah. Five two, okay. <laughs> uh, you do not seem very intimidating at all. Yeah, I kind of got thrown into that also because my brother actually owns a security company and I had actually asked to work in the office on the weekends. And then my dad and my brother had a talk behind my back and they said, hey, let's get her out into the field, get her, you know, baton trained, gun trained and just don't tell her, you know, don't ask her, just just tell her, like, show up this day. It was a Wednesday and. Yeah, I showed up and my brother's like, surprise, we're gun training you today. I was like, what? I wanted to be in the office. Well, that that doesn't sound traumatic that you, you knew exactly the day that it was a Wednesday. Like you have vivid details I about this forgot. training. But I <laughs> that understand that too. Like as a dad, he's they're being protective. And yes, you you should have some defensive training, you mm -hmm. know, under your belt that male or female that should be you should be able to be able to defend yourself and so i yeah i get that part of it that made more sense at the end of it i was like you just put you in the field <laughs> like you know what she looks like she can handle herself but no you get baton and, and firearm trained which i'm sure could come in handy at some of the djing events possibly just to just to have that security blanket of knowing that in this situation if something does kind of you know go down outside or you know in the vicinity that i know what to do rather than yeah. just panic so yeah, and it does it does now and then yes i i have been part of the nightclub nightlife i have i have heard the gunshots and the oh <laughs> i need to go get in my car right now yeah just run away <laughs> So you were talking about like you had a DJ mentor when we were talking about doing this and she's basically got because I wanted to commend you on the fact that you even doing all these multiple jobs, working nights, you still managed to get your college degree, which is an awesome accomplishment because so many people when they go into the service industry or something like that, all of a sudden find that their time's taken up by the service industry and they don't have time to go to school. And so they're always mm -hmm. thinking about going back, but then you don't have the money that you do as a service industry person. Yeah. So how you, you were talking about, you had a D your DJ friend of yours, a mentor that had two college degrees. 
Yeah, I've actually run into um, that's what kept me motivated is that I saw you can also, you know, have uh, degrees and be a DJ and have a full time job and also keep getting more degrees that you don't have to just, you know, have one. And I actually might want to go in and pursue a music degree also. But I did lose a lot of sleep. Um, I took up every opportunity that I had every minute at my full-time job, every single break, lunch. Um, when I was doing security, I was still, you know, I had my books there and just look up, you know, make sure nobody's around to where I have to come out and do a patrol. Um, and also DJing, there have been many times where I've had to turn in an assignment, but I'm here and I go on in about 10 minutes. So I'm here trying to upload my assignment. Any and ready for the show. Any party people in the house got Wi-Fi. Any party people in the house got Wi-Fi. Huh. Give me that password. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I didn't want to take any chances on that either. So I've had uh, this little hotspot device right here mm -hmm. that I carry with me at all times. Never fails. Yeah. So it, that saved me too. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I and I admire the dedication and all the things that come with that because. You can be successful and still pursue what you do enjoy, which is DJing, mm -hmm. and you do it at Six Flags, which I didn't even think that, that that would happen, and that's because I haven't been to Six Flags since, like, I went to Six Flags, I think, one day last year, but I hadn't been since, like, the 90s. Uh -huh. Like, I rode the old Texas Giant. I had, this year was, this last year was the last time I rode a Texas Giant, which is not the same roller coaster I remember. Oh, no. Not at all. It's a lot smoother now. <laughs> no more back problems. And you even worked at Six Flags at some point. Like, you've, you've come full circle. Yeah, I did. And actually, um, when I was four years old, I remember, and I, that's one of my first memories. Um, I've been going to Six Flags ever since before I was one years old. But I remember there was a photo when I was four. I told my mom, I remember that day because I was taking a picture with Bugs Bunny. And after that photo, I looked at him and asked, how can I work here? And, you know, he just nodded his head and left. <laughs> but I was serious. <laughs> Yo, Bugs, how, how, what's the what's the what's the like vetting process? What's the hiring process? Is there any HR? What are the yeah, HR? I was ready at four. <laughs> I was ready to get in. <laughs> what was working at Six Flags like? Oh, it was great. Honestly, the best years I've ever had because it was a dream come true mm -hmm. for my whole life. Um, I miss it now, and I'm actually glad that I was able to go back as a DJ. Um, but yeah, working there was great, you know, seeing and meeting so many new people and just like the feeling. It's something you can't really describe being there like after hours before the park is open, you know, getting to see how everything comes together. Okay. That's an interesting other people were like you know man it was a lot of work for not a lot of pay and some that people too. yeah but you said like i said it was a dream come true you always you seem to definitely enjoy performance pieces of some sort because that's where i met you you came to a comedy show for nick Guerra, and you were in the audience and we just started talking and lo and behold you're like i'm gonna be a bartender then i'm gonna be a dj and I was like, okay. And then you still got your college degree and didn't let those things kind of sway you or pull you aside. But what's interesting is that you, did you even control the rides at Six Flags? Or that Was that part of your job too? 
like at some point? Yeah, um, like the first, I was there five years and I actually did operate pretty much every single ride except the train and the sky coaster. But I did operate every single ride, even the tall rides. Um, I'd have to go, you know, press all the all the buttons on, you know, the whole lift and go up about, what was it, 25 stories high. And I wasn't scared back then. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because your fear, go ahead and tell the listeners what you're afraid of. <laughs> my fear, my biggest fear is heights. I I can't go two stories without my legs shaking and I'm sweating, which I was totally different about eight years ago. Yeah, you're, you're just talking about like you went up five stories and now if you did that, like I don't know how you would handle, how would you handle that same job? Like to- oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> You would. I would. I, I just just keep me on the ground, or I'm gonna go do park services to where I could just clean all day, <laughs> and not have to go up any rides. Interesting. So you basically do, I would say, separate, like make sure your work doesn't in, entail heights. Yes, definitely. Now, back then, I don't see how I did it, but you know, every. Every chapter, every job is different, and mm-hmm. I just have to adjust to it. Okay. So where do you think this fear of heights came from? Did something happen like between working at Six Flags and now that triggered this? Honestly, I noticed it about one or two years after I stopped working at Six Flags. Um, I think it was just because I forgot what it was like to – be on the rides and then you know i'd i'd see more and more people say they're so scared of the rides and somehow it it just hit me after and after as the years pass it just got bigger and bigger and now like i don't really want to ride any rides you become your parents you're just gonna you're gonna sit on the bench and wait for everybody else to come off the rides and catch back oh yeah i'll hold the bags i'll hold the coats and y'all let me know how it was (laughs) It's always interesting, like, that fears, like, sometimes, like, come out of nowhere. Like, you were totally fine at one point in your life, and now, through no, like, traumatic, no, like, I was, you know, I was stuck in something, or I was on a high-up thing, and I almost fell. Nothing, Mm -hmm. like, triggered it. It just, like, a slow burn, just slowly. And I can relate to that, because I used to never have a problem with heights, but now I work. I used to work at Verizon and their building was, it was like the mall where you have that glass balcony, but then you could look down Uh and you could feel how far down you're looking. Like it's like all of a sudden (laughs) you could, you could, you could feel like if all of a sudden somehow I slipped and went over, like you can just kind of feel it's all of a sudden this thought comes to your head. Like if I just happen to fall through this glass or slide (laughs) over the, fall over the rail. No, thank you. Yeah, but it... I'm getting nervous just thinking about that. <laughs> and I'm just in my chair. Yeah. Do you, like, keep your chair low? Like, is it too hot? You just put a little air out? Just... Actually, I do, and I didn't notice until now that I do that. <laughs> in every chair at work, I actually do lower it as far as I can go. But you're 5'2", so that means, like, your feet... You probably want your feet to touch. Yeah. See, it's almost like times. a security... <laughs> it's almost like your security blanket of heights is I don't... I want to make sure that my feet are permanently planted on the ground. Mm-hmm. There's no way that I could fall 
underneath thing. Not a chance. <laughs> You're the first person that's that said heights. And I know a lot of people are kind of afraid of heights. Like my dad's super afraid of heights. Like he's like, if you have to take him up somewhere, he'll just he'll sit at the back. Like he's if you have to go on the roof of something, he's at the uh-huh. back by the stairs. Like, OK, I've seen it. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> so it's me. So do you, so when you do DJing events and it is more than two like two set stairs up, do you get like panic attack or do you ask beforehand where the, what's going on at the venue? Have you turned down gigs because of? No, I actually do have a story on that. Um, the oil derrick, the Orange Tower at Six Flags. I had a gig up there for mm-hmm. it was a private party, and they told me you're you're gonna be at the tower and i'm like great you know i'm gonna be there you know watching people go up and down they're like no you're gonna be up at the top and that's about 300 feet and i was like okay (laughs) so i got all my stuff you know i had to i had to just suck it up just remind myself you know it's only it's only a couple hours it's not all day as soon as i'm done i'm getting the heck out of there (laughs) and back to the ground so on the elevator i was sweating and i just you know held tight to the back and ask them if they could hurry it up <laughs> can you make this go faster <laughs> yeah. I, I i would think like i would i would just want it to be completely enclosed like just don't like can you black out the the like the fence in front of me so i don't see the horizon like i just see a black wall i wish but even the elevator is all you know it's all open you mm-hmm. know where you could see through it and you feel the wind because there's two sides where all the wind goes through. And, you know, I just had to, I just had to suck it up <laughs> because I love six flags. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's, that would be, that would be like your worst nightmare. Like, Oh yeah. At the top of the tallest thing at our park, we need you to, we need you to be there for a couple hours. Did it help at all? Like, did you feel like you could be more comfortable going up heights? It was the same, even no matter how much money they had paid me. It was all still the same, and I just sucked it up. Because I could imagine some nightclubs having, like, the balcony DJ booth where it's just looking over the dance floor. Yeah, I thought about that because I have been to some clubs where, you know, it's open, and they're on the third floor, Mm -hmm. and you could see, you know, down the second, and... And I would still be nervous just because I'm clumsy also and I tend to knock things over. I'm, and I just, <laughs> I knocked over actually a couple things earlier, which it almost ruined my electronics just because I'm clumsy. So I'd be most worried about that, about stuff falling over and then me mm-hmm. next. <laughs> you're just clumsy. You just trip and fall over. Just trip over a cord and you're off the balcony. Oh man, I make sure to bring extra tape. But it still happens. So, like high dives and swimming, do you just like not swim at all, or? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I just go and sometimes, once in a while, I'll just dip my foot in the water or or go out to the lake. But at night, and just try, you know, and stay near the boat. I don't go that far off. So, is it is it also vision based too? Or are you? I don't know how bad your vision is as far as your glasses go. Is that something else too? Like it's just because you can't see. Honestly, if I took my glasses off, that probably would help like me not because I'm I'm blind as a bat. Mm-hmm. So without my glasses, I wouldn't see anything in front of me, not e- barely even my hand. Because when you said swimming, that 
that reminded me of my friend. She's also got really bad eyesight, and she's like, I don't like not being able to see. Like, I don't swim at night. I don't like to do anything where I can't see anything, and it's it just it's you know at night you know she gets up to do something like she can't see, so uh-huh. she doesn't like to to have something in the dark. Per se, yeah. I have like an extra pair of glasses, which I don't wear those. So if I ever need to, you know, risk my glasses, I take those. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your your spare pair of. Yeah. I don't really look cool in these glasses. Yeah, and if they fall to the bottom of the ocean, oh well. <laughs> okay. So, it's a fear you you don't you don't think there's anything you can do to get over it like you don't you just everything you do just feels like it just all you could think about is getting away from it is what i is what i'm getting so like you know yes maybe going up in the thing at six flags is probably the worst way to try to combat (laughs) it like we should maybe start with a third third floor then then work our way up to the derrick yeah, they just shot me straight to the top. But at my at my full time job, I actually operate machines that go up really, really high. And it took them over a year to convince me to even try and learn how to use it because I didn't want to, you know, go up high either. And even now, I finally kind of got over it. Um, whenever I don't have to pull things off that are heavy from the top, like a generator, if I have to go up and you know just pull out. A little piece of wood then i'm fine mm-hmm. uh, but i still get nervous and even now i i sometimes don't tell people that i'm trained on it unless mm-hmm. they ask and they really really can't find anybody else and they can't wait so then i just have to do it so it's not just you're afraid of heights you're a thing you're afraid of things that are that can go high too so it's like you're like operating a forklift. you're not on the forklift being raised in your job I'm assuming that it's a forklift that you're saying. No, it's actually uh, an OP, um, an operating platform, which that actually does take my whole self up and Mm -hmm. I have to wear a harness. Okay. Because I I still refuse to get trained on the forklift for other reasons. Okay. (laughs) Because you're clumsy. (laughs) Yeah. The other reasons. Exactly. I've seen people, you know, be more clumsy and I really don't even want to get trained on that have you seen that video of the guy in the warehouse with a forklift like he hits one rack in the whole warehouse <sighs> yes i would be like yes that. that would be my nightmare as far as driving a forklift like to just tap it that hard just enough that one time and everything just yeah can you imagine that happening at home depot <laughs> i can because i sometimes look at stuff and i'm like why do you I understand that maybe it's theft, but it's like, why would you put that way up there? Like, like I would think you would have like a separate part of the warehouse where people can't go into that. You just keep everything close to ground level. That's heavy. And then your light PVC stuff that you need to bulk be at the top. Yeah. I've seen things such as ovens, refrigerators, like pretty high up. And sometimes, you know, I just stand there and just wonder, like, whose idea was this? <laughs> Even though it's a working warehouse. Yeah. And I understand the idea of either one, it's not going to sell. So they don't want it taking up something that you can move easily. So you want the more frequent stuff low. 
or yeah. an anti-theft thing of somebody's trying to steal an oven, they've got to do some pretty, you know, they got to get really deep into this to take this oven. And so I can, it's almost like a bar mentality. It's like that's the top shelf product, you know, so mm-hmm. it's not going to be used and it's really expensive. So let's put it <laughs> where it's really not easy to to see. Yeah. I've actually seen people run out with like uh, microwaves out the back door. That's when I first started working there. They came in super early and just took off out the door. That's courageous. Yeah, and the getaway truck was in the back too. I could hear it run off mm-hmm. as they were running out because I was pretty close by and I actually just caught the back end of that guy running out as I was getting trained for that job. Mm-hmm. And I look, I looked at my trainer and said, "Are we gonna do anything?" You know, being me being in security, I kind of want to take off after him. She's like, "No, no, no, don't do that. This isn't the place for that. We're supposed to just call him a manager." <laughs> yeah, in certain situations, and that's that's how it is in gas stations too. Like if you're robbed at a gas station, you just give them the money, and you know, the company will will figure it from there. Yeah. If you fight, it's not worth you know risking your life. Yeah. And on the company's point of view, I get it. It's that's ex- that's an expensive bill, you know, for any kind of injury or medical that can happen. Yeah. Is there anything yeah. you would do, like if you were, knew someone else that's afraid of heights, how would you kind of, if they had to say go up in the big Earl Derrick and Six Flags, how would you, how would you tell them to handle it? Like, just try and focus on what you're actually there for. You know, if you're there to see the view mm-hmm. at the very, very top, which is the highest view that you can get at Six Flags, and just focus on that and just try and get back down as fast as you can. <laughs> okay. But it'll be better than to not do it at all because you'll just be left with, you know, just wondering what does it look like and you'll just be left out. Yeah. So, Amy, where can people find you on social media? So if they wanted to book a DJ for an event on the ground floor. Well, on the ground floor, they can find me on Facebook um, at DJ Vira, or I'm also on Instagram, DJ underscore Vira. Uh, They can hit me up anytime. Um, I do weddings, private parties, house parties, um, pretty much anything, even a quinceanera or two. Okay. So... Is Vira, I did, sorry if I've been pronouncing it Vera the whole time, but what is that? (laughs) What is, is that like a special name of any kind or? Um, Well, I used to actually be called DJ Tortillas when I first started. (laughs) Wow. Really, really leaning into the Latino. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if some people remember that, Um, but one of a DJ that I know, whenever I changed my name, he said, thank God that you finally changed your name. But I chose Vira because, and I don't tell a lot of people, but I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at Olive Garden one day and I had, you know, the drinks menu with the champagnes and the wines. And I opened it and I started seeing all these different rappers' names. I found at least five in there. One of them, her name is Syra, And I actually look up to her because... You know, I, I look more up to like women who are my height. Um, I don't know. It's just a thing because, you know, I think if they can do it, then I definitely can do yeah. it. 
Um, so there's a there's a rapper. Her name is Syra. She works with Skrillex. Um, mm-hmm. They had Kyoto and Bangarang, and that's you know a lot of the music that I was into when I first started. So when I saw her name, I thought she got hers from a freaking drink, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so did these other people. So I thought, well. You know, since I look up to her, I'm just going to see, you know, if I can work, you know, with that name and just go through different letters and see what letter speaks out to me. And I went through the alphabet and I picked the V, which some people, you know, they they always think, oh, it's because of Elvira. I said, mm-hmm. no, like, if you really knew, just go to Olive Garden and you'll see why. Okay. Get them endless breadsticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> Well, that's interesting that you that you look up to Syrah and so you just basically went a couple letters down the alphabet train from her and went with Vira. Well, that's awesome. And it's V-I-R-A-H. Yes. Okay. And I've also seen also like Lady Gaga. Uh, she used to work with Lady Starlight. So it's always like I've seen kind of like a team thing. Mm-hmm. And so I hope to someday meet Syrah one day. Okay. Maybe I could DJ for her. Yeah, just keep working at it, and I I doubt I don't doubt that that could happen if it doesn't. Like, say you still got the college degree and yeah, two jobs that you can always come back to, <laughs> or at least you're you're working on. And you know, Home Depot seems like you've been there a few years now. Yeah, I'm going on three years actually this month. So it seems like somewhere that you've kind of, at least for the for the time being, seems fairly permanent. You know, like this is somewhere I would like to stay for a little while. Yeah. Right now, I'm actually uh, just trying to be stable and keep my life as stable as I can. Because years ago, when I first started mm-hmm. as a DJ, I'd, I had to move a lot and I had to get different, all kinds of different jobs. So now, you know, years pass and I'm trying to just keep the stabilization going. Well, you definitely will. I'm sure that you're for someone as young as you are, you're very well grounded and again, thank you. Congrats on your college degree and doing you. what you enjoy <laughs> and maintaining, I guess, a balance. Yeah, I've heard that's key, just keeping a balance mm-hmm. and if ever there's a problem or mm-hmm. just in time, just get that balance back. Yes, ma'am. Well, thanks again, Amy. Talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you for having me, Ryan. So that was DJ Vira. I always find it interesting when you end up with a fear you never started with. Like sometimes you'll have a lifelong fear. And those are interesting. But the ones where it never started that way, it actually just came up to be like it just one day out of nowhere you learn you end up being afraid of heights or something or clowns or something else it's amazing how one little experience at one point in time can somehow completely change your feelings on a certain item that you weren't afraid of before maybe it's just not being exposed to that kind of fear like maybe in her time away from Six Flags, since she didn't have a lot of exposure to heights, the next time she came back, she was more aware of how high she was, and that may have potentially started this fear. You can check Amy out 
on social media. I'll have those in the show notes as well as listen to her music on myrocketradio.com. She spends a lot of Skrillex breaks and other techno music. She's also available for parties if you're needing a DJ for any situation. She's more than capable of filling in. So check her out. As for me, I just finished my first headlining spot at Hyenas in Dallas. Thank you to the 75 or so people that did show up. It was really nice to catch up with people that I hadn't seen since my days as an opener. I saw some people like that. I saw some friends of mine that I haven't seen in years come out and support me. Also, some people that have just been there every step of the way. I've came out and showed their support. It was a really fun show. Congratulations to Pung Dung. Hopefully a future guest on this podcast as he did his first feature set. Garvey Marcus had his first guest spot, his first exposure to a professional comedy show. And episode six guest Todd Birdwell was my MC, and he had a great set as well. It was a great show. I felt like everybody did well. I can't believe that I pulled together 45 minutes, but I had it. And it went just about as in the order I wanted it to. Uh, now I just got to work on perfecting it and getting it even better. I want to be more present in the moment on stage is my next, my next goal. To try to be aware of what's happening. And just to, to, to have an all-around better performance. So I can be even a better performer on stage. Shows you can catch me at coming up on February 26th weekend. I will be featuring for the hilarious Eric Myers. Eric is one of the funniest people I've ever met. He's an amazing show. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you want something to do, come check that out. Arun Rama will be hosting that. You can check those out at hyenascomedynightclub.com. I'll have links to that in the show notes. Also, a little... On a sadder note, the funeral for my aunt who passed away last week was yesterday. I'm recording this on Sunday. And it was, it was very emotional. Still kind of in shock, not wanting to believe that she's gone. And for safety reasons, since I performed on Thursday, I didn't want to risk exposing any of my loved ones potentially. So. I was able to view the service via Facebook Live, which was bittersweet. At some points, you definitely want to be there for, I wanted to be there for my father. Maybe also say something at the service as well. But just being able to, to, to see that and to say goodbye still was better than not going at all or not no you know just asking afterwards i feel if you do have a loved one and you can't make the service please inquire if the funeral home does do facebook live services it's a great way 
it's a great alternative, especially in this day and age with illness and social distancing, to still say goodbye to a loved one or a friend and show some support. I thank all the people that did show up and did watch that service. It, it meant a lot to me, and I'm sure it meant a lot to my family. I can't even begin to probably express gratitude for that. And it's just a reminder that we have just a finite time in life. And to, and to really go after what you want to do. Don't leave anything to chance or anything to question in life. Because it could be taken from you at any point in time. So please, please accomplish everything you intend to, or at least try everything that you want to try. I thank you guys for listening. Next week, I'll have a new guest. I have been doing some new interviews, and I have a new podcast rig set up that I really enjoy. It really helps me. I can, I've can i moved my apartment furniture around so that I can do this comfortably from my couch or chair. And it's been really, really comforting. Thanks again for listening. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And have a good week. And now some credits and thank yous for the people that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater, who does my graphics and design for my comedy as well as my podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhite2o. Get it, Whitewater. Also, a big thank you to Gunnar Olsen for my music. You can follow him on Instagram at gunbuns. That's G-U-N-B-U-N-S. You can also check out his website at gunnerolson.net. And you can check out his awesome EPs and some music he's got coming out. Real excited for him. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio on all social media. That's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O. If you want to follow the show, I highly recommend it. Instagram and Twitter is at Some Fear Fans. Facebook group is Some of All Fears. If you, want to, if you have questions for the show or feedback, email me at somefearfans at gmail. If you want to be a guest on the show, also email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. We can make that happen. Please keep leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen to. I, appreciate, I just appreciate seeing that people like what I'm putting out. So if you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a review. I appreciate all of you for listening. And next week... We'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening to The Sum of All Fears.